All right, here we go. Um, I'm now for the General Knowledge Podcast, Season 5, Episode 14 today. Um, flying solo once again with uh, out my compadres, uh, Andy and Ethan are unavailable for this one as well. Um, well, we do have a special guest on today, returning guest to the show, Shannon Rowan joins me. How are you going, Shannon? Thanks for coming on for another chat. Yeah, good. I'm doing I, well. How are you? I mean, it's good to see you, even though for some reason you can't see me on the I Skype. It's, we've had a few <laughs> issues just before we started recording. <laughs> oh my God, it's driving us mental. <laughs> I know. Oh. We're just, I'm just going to stare at myself and yeah. Yeah, trying to be too right. self-conscious about that. <laughs> I was going to say, pretend you're doing the, the podcast in front of a mirror. Yeah, great. Anyway, well, we, we got there. We're at the point now where we are recording, and I can at least see you, so my members will, will be able to see this video, and they'll be able to get both. Um, so we'll just run with that for the time being. Um, again, we tried to do a bit of screen share stuff before, and it was playing up and kicking you off and was doing all weird things. So we won't, <laughs> unfortunately, we won't be able to do that, anything like that for the members. Um, so it'll just be just the conversation today and video. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll make it work with what we've got, unfortunately. That's just how it is. But, uh, uh, and we got there as a bit, again, the confusion, and I, it's, it's all my fault. I, it's the time difference that does my head in, Shannon, I tell you what, because you're all the way in, like, near Oregon or something. You're in Oregon, aren't you? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, California, but almost near, very close to Oregon. Right. So that's the, what is that, um, what's the time, Pacific, time zone there? Yeah, Pacific, Pacific, yeah. Pacific. Standard. Yeah, but we're a day behind. That's where we got. Yeah, so you're like Friday afternoon, stuff. Friday evening for you. Is Friday, that right? Yeah, yeah Friday, yeah. almost six thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here I am emailing you. Yeah, yeah, we'll do Saturday, and I'm like, I'm thinking hey, Saturday, Saturday my time, and you're thinking Saturday <laughs> my time. So yeah, <laughs> I know. I need to. I need to work that out and work out a better booking system. I think with uh, guests anyway, because this yeah. otherwise this happens, and I end up stuff, stuffing things up mm-hmm. for people. But hey, look, you were available. You you scoffed down yeah, some uh, some dinner, which was great. <laughs> I, I was almost not going to check emails tonight, so um, yeah, that's that's probably a good job I did that. Yeah, look, to be honest, I, mean, I did have tomorrow sort of available at times, but I've got to head out and do a, a quite up a job for a for a mate of mine tomorrow. Uh, so I was going to be right in the middle of time where we would have been recording too. So I'm like, oh, it's best to try right. and get it today. So yeah. I'm glad you're able to. But anyway, we're yeah. here now. It's we're on. <laughs> it's good to go. Um, and good. of course, the reason why um, I wanted to get you back on the show as well is, um, hey, your new book is available. It is out. It's published. It's ready to rock and roll and available now. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well for everyone uh, who wants to grab a copy of that and support your work. So make sure you guys, all the listeners out there, uh, click on through and grab a copy of it. Um, Shannon was kind enough to uh, send me uh, one of her, her versions of the book as well. Um, I don't think there was any, it, it was the final version. I'm pretty sure you sent me that other one too, like the yep. updated one or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been sort of flicking through every day, just having a little look-see different places. And there's a couple of chapters. Oh, I've got it up on my screen here, actually. Not that I can share it, but I've got it on my screen here. Uh, I mean, it might it? work this time. I don't know. You no, know. I'm not going to risk it. I'm not going to risk it. I won't <laughs> do it. No, because I... I don't want to have to start it again, <laughs> but that's right. okay. I'll put the I'll put an image of the front of the front cover up for the for the for the folks anyway, so that's okay. Um, but yeah, the book uh, "Shots Fired: Vaccine Weapons, Medical Tyranny, and the War Against Humanity" by Shannon Rowan. Well done. Uh, congratulations on getting this one out. It is a uh, a tome of a book too. She's um, clocking in at over eight hundred pages there, including references, of course. But um, mate, well, Jesus, this would have taken a while to put together. I know you've been working on this one for quite some time, sort of in the background between yeah. other things, but yeah, um, 
yeah, great, great work on this one. Covers so many things. It's really good. I was just um, flicking through. I'm not going to go through all of them, but there was a couple of chapters which I kind of wanted to um, discuss with you today um, on the show about, in particular. I'm just scrolling through to the contents. Here we go. So, um, not that we'll, we'll get into them shortly. I'm just going to bring it up with um, with the listeners right now. But um, it was chapters four four five and seven are the ones that were really um just the ones that i, I was like yeah these are the ones that catch my eye the most and there's a lot of content in okay. there that people like to cover so I, I figured a little bit later on we'll start to head through those but before we do all that mate just tell us a bit about what's been going on in your world um for anyone who hasn't actually um come across yourself in your work or any new listeners to the show just let us quickly know who shannon rowan is and, and what what's the deal mate yeah, well, um, yeah, I teamed up with John Hamer and on Welcome to the Masquerade, um, mm -hmm. and we released that last spring. Uh, and that was like, took us a couple of years. Um, probably could have taken us less time, but we were both sort of like kept moving and a lot going on and, you know, pandemic times. And <laughs> mm -hmm. um, But uh, then um, I also was writing during that time i also wrote wi-fi refugee which i released just after that um and so this is my third book um and a lot of this research sort of uh you know is it's like the foundation i had done a lot of it for the other books is what i'm trying to get to get at and um so i had like this sort of foundational stuff to start with but then i just went further with it Mm -hmm. Um, and I want it, there's just, I want it to focus a little bit more on the vaccine issue, which I definitely covered in welcome to the masquerade, but not in this depth. Um, so it really was like a little easier than it seems in that I have been like reading these books for years now already, you know? And so, um, but still I started like last August and I worked just straight through like the spring. I mean, I, it just was like every day up to 10 hours a day, you know, I hardly took Jeez. any time off. It was wow. really grueling. I was really wanting at first, my vision was to do a shorter book. And then I just got too involved in these topics and it just kept growing. <laughs> so, um, but I like how it turned out. And, um, but when you do a book that long and with that much, um, you know, I included as many references as possible. There's actually like 60 pages or more of references and they're mm. single spaced and, so it was like something like close to 2000. Um, but I just, it, then it takes a long time to edit and proofread. So, so here we are. I just got it out last month. I was wanting to get out at the beginning of the year, but that's what happened. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah. But I'm pleased with it and I'm getting a lot of good I think the timing's, so far. the timing's probably still pretty good, um, in terms of getting it out. Cause I mean, it's, it, it, it hasn't gone away. You know what I mean? This, it's still, it's still around. They're still push. Even here, uh, Shannon, they are pushing the the jabs something chronic. I mean, way back in the day when they first rolled out the vaccine, you know, just in Australia for the COVID jab, they were talking about how they would they purchased something like 120 million doses of the thing pre-purchased, and we have a population of like 25, 26 million. You know what I mean? So they pre-purchased wow. <laughs> five jabs for everyone basically, um, and that's what that's why they're continuing to push it even now. Crazy, yeah. Eh? 
Well, and there's always a new variant. I think there's, I heard about one recently, you know, and mm. I mean, they're not done with this. Anybody who thought it was going to be short-lived did not understand the bigger picture. And that's what I'm trying to present in my book. And hopefully mm-hmm. I succeeded in doing that by covering like vaccine history and how this all started and where they're going with it. Um, so it's just, there's so much more than just like this, this medicine, so-called, there's so much more involved and it's definitely a tool of tyranny. Um, and that's what it's used for. So yeah, big time. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely covered and you can see it. It's like a, a really good, um, timeline progression of, of medicine and the history of the jabs and, you know, all the poisoning that's going on. It's really cool. Like, I mean, I'm not cool, but I mean, <laughs> um, it's, you've covered it, um, extensively is what I'm trying to say, uh, in the, in the newest book here, Shots Fired. Um, and I just like the way you've sort of done it with the way, um, you like the parts, you know, part one, you know, Shots Fired and you've got, um, where's the other one? Is there? First like shots. Just, and then yeah, second yeah. shots fired and, um, right. Multiple then, uh, rounds fired. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. I liked the way you did that. I think it was quite clever. Um, yeah, so it was pretty cool. Um, right, because it's not just about this one. It's about all of them, you know, and it's about medicine yeah. in general, what we call modern medicine, which to me isn't medicine at all. It's, no. it's poison, um, you know, period. <laughs> That's the short story. It's poison. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and, not to, and I don't yeah. want to... I don't want to skip through them at all, um, but I mean, the, every every part of the book is is important because you need to understand the progression of where did this all start, where did it all come from. But I mean, a lot of us who, especially people who listen to this show, probably know all about that already. Back, you know, the old Rockefeller medicine days when they would, you know, took over medical schools and funded everything, and then you know, put all their people on the boards and started to control it all, and then pushed you know allopathic medicines and you know so. Once you understand all that, you you kind of get a sense of you know how it all yeah, you understand where it all started. So you don't need to sort of we don't need to, to to go back and cover all that on this particular show because, like I said, most of the people who are listening are, are familiar with that. But anyone who isn't, again, it's all covered in the book. So I definitely encourage people to go through the entire thing just to get a really good understanding of it all. Um, but uh, yeah, before we dive straight into it as well, um, I wanted to do. You mentioned that you you've wrote this during the spring mostly did you say and you're doing oh, like no, 10 all, hours a day, um, or? yeah it was so well your spring i guess but yeah <laughs> um it was last like the fall yeah like so august last year um through i think i finished in sort of like march but then i needed sort of april and may or at least oh, yeah, see, that's you know, like our spring and summer so that was like yeah. during winter for you pretty much it was all, yeah, I basically spent the winter doing that. Just <laughs> I, I mean, literally, I don't know what else I did. I, I mean, luckily, my partner's really understanding because I was largely absent. I mean, I was at home and not there, you know, yeah, kind of yeah, mentally and everything. I kind of, yeah. and I can, I've gotten to the point where when I, when I write and I'm researching and writing, I just tune everything out. doesn't matter if he's playing music, what he's doing. He'll be talking to me, and I'm like, uh-huh. And then I'm, I'm like, oh, you said something. What just happened? Were you in here? <laughs> My wife says that to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you weren't listening to me, were you? <laughs> yeah, that's usually the other way around. The men are like, huh? Like, right? Well, yeah, he does that to me all the time. So, I, you know, he's always like, right? Yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, what? And then he's like, didn't. I'm like, what are you doing that for? I just said whatever. And he's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, I, yeah, you said yes. <laughs> you nodded and you said yes. I thought you were listening. Oh. Well, that's just a couple, you know, and you lived together a long time. Yeah, and, yeah. 
that, so, that that's just exactly what goes on in pretty much every <laughs> household. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's funny. I mean, you're right. Though. It's good to have someone um, backing you up and supporting you. And they, they I mean, obviously, he understands how important it is for you to get this out, get it on paper, and get it out of your head, basically, because otherwise, you just sit there almost driving yourself crazy with all these thoughts in your mind and you need to get them all out and you need to lay them out so it's um, easily mm-hmm. understood. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. And I One read a lot. I probably read, I'm not going to exaggerate, it's not an exaggeration to say I probably read at least a couple thousand articles, like through, you know, um, yeah. because I used at least 700 and I know those are ones I picked out of so many more. You know, sometimes I skim through. Some are longer than others that I read. But I also read um, like 40 books, but... But like most of, it, those, most of those I had read. So I think maybe 10 were new this last year or something. But yeah, I went back a- through the ones I had read to find things. And, you know, so, yeah, but so it's time consuming. <laughs> it's it takes us. Takes a special kind of person to be able to do that because that is mind numbing. <laughs> I just I don't know how you do it. You did well. Congratulations once again. Look, uh, that's that takes um, yeah, it takes a lot of focus to be able to do that. So yeah, well done. That's great. Um, and yeah, at least well, you know, you haven't really got much to do in the, in the winter over there because you kind of get snowed in and rain, you, know, like you can go outside here. and do yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's a lot know, of rain so. and it's dark. Um, because we're up north, you know, so yeah. um, it is kind of a nice thing to do in the winter. Um, I don't know how so healthy fire it is. Going. Yeah, fire going, and um, and actually, I am taking the break this summer from writing, and I got a I got a job as a kayak tour guide um, on the river. We have a wild nice. river here, one of the last wild rivers in the country that's not dammed. And then I also do um, ocean tours. I just did an ocean tour this morning. Um, wow. so yeah, so I'm having a really fun summer, um, lots of time outside in the sun and, um, yeah, on the water good. just to get like away from <laughs> that for a while. So that's good. So you're getting that iodine, you know, especially when you're out near the sea, you get that iodine absorption and you get the sunlight. That's awesome. That'll keep the health going. That'll keep the good health going for sure. Um, yeah, I'm kind of orange looking here. I think I'm with yeah, this Yeah, you've light. even got a bit of a tan. You I'm do. Yeah, tan right it. now. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah it's good. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, I do the same, like I've mentioned before when we've spoken, you know, I, I work outside for a living doing gardening and stuff. So, uh, yeah, always good. Uh, yeah, everyone yeah. around me is always getting sick and not my family, but other other families and people I see, you know, got the sniffles. Oh, it's winter here and gets cold and all that sort of shit. People get sick all around me. I'm like, yeah, uh, it's good on you. Get out, get some sunshine, man. Like, I don't yeah. get sick. I'm in the sun every day, you know, like I don't even, Very I barely healing. even get the sniffles, you know, it's so good for you. Yeah. It's, and um, I don't use sunscreen um, at all, and I stopped like some, like five, six years ago or something when I learned yeah, how damaging yeah. it was. Not that I used it a lot because I don't burn easily, but it's important for people to understand that it's not healthy to use that stuff because you no. need the sun exposure. And if you're burning, it's because you're exposed to too much blue light and you're not getting outside early in the day and later in the day when you get the infrared the infrared protects you from the uv later yeah like we're designed to be outside basically all day and so if you're actually outside from like the morning to later then you're really not going to burn um especially if you do it all like all year like you do you know you gradually adjust to the season change and the the sunlight change and that's how we're designed you know i mean people didn't have sunscreen they for thousands of years you know exactly (laughs) Exactly. They didn't have and skin not, cancer either. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But not just that too. You, you you adjust to the air as well, and that's quite important because a lot of people forget. 
you know, the air carries a lot of things with it, pollens and dust and all that sort of stuff. And when you're out there a lot all the time, you actually get more desensitized to that hitting you all the time. Like I, I, I still have to have tissues in my car because in the, in the ute, because I, yeah, it, it'll, I, you get a runny nose now and again, just because of the thing, the dust you're breathing in and everything else. And, you know, blow it away, you go sort of thing. We do, do the gardener's tissue. We just cover one nostril and blow, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> as they say. <laughs> blow I know what that out. looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I mean? So you get used to it. It doesn't bother you as much. You don't, you know, you're not sitting there with hay fever and, you know, your eyes going all right. red and watery and, you know, you, you kind of just get desensitized to it, which is good. So more exposure, the better I say. Yeah, all these, well, all these things that, that humanity's been doing for a long time, we should just right. keep doing it. Yeah, agree. I mean, there are some new threats um, like the chemtrails, and I know Correct. that this that yeah. this spring for us, like my partner and I both got like so-called hay fever allergies, really hard, you know, hit with it. But I also noticed they were doing a lot of spraying at the time. So, like, mm -hmm. is it pollen or is it polymers in the you know these aerosols, yeah. uh, these geoengineering aerosols? Like, so we are kind of confronted with new new things in our environment because they're really trying to change our environment and this is part of a like underlying theme in my book is that um you know the early experiments with mind control they realized that we're so intrinsically linked to the environment that changing the environment changes us mm -hmm. and the best way mm -hmm. to control people is to control the environment so they're really trying for this like domination of our environment of our natural world and they want to like make it more artificial and make us more artificial and sort of like move us into this artificial matrix and get us away from nature and health and you know all these things we've been doing for so long when we didn't need them like we didn't need you know we had plant medicines we had our own food sources um and you know so the system like that this control system really wants to you know move us out of that and into like this artificial world and so i have at the near the end of the book there's you know some things about the the metaverse which is what um Zuckerberg, you know, his invention um, mm, with the mm. VR glasses. And, and the problem is the more people are inside anyway, and we're a lot of us forced to for our work. I mean, not you and not, not me right now with what I'm doing, but um, right. and what happens is, right, people become more, not just sedentary, but um, exposed to all these other things like wireless and blue light and and then they're not able to adjust to the natural environment and they actually become more conditioned and more comfortable in an artificial environment, which is really frightening in a way. But yeah. like that's what and then you're just then it's like so harsh out there, you know, and then the more you're removed from it, the more you're dependent on this artificial environment, the less you like nature, it's uncomfortable. Um, and the more willing you are to sort of go to the into that like metaverse li living, you know. Um, so that's what we're facing is just this, and I don't know if it's going to like branch off and we probably talked about this before, like, but, um, and to people who decide to like embrace, go back to living close on the land and, um, a natural lifestyle than other people kind of deciding to just go, yeah, become an avatar and whatever <laughs> weird thing that they have planned, <laughs> which is not an exaggeration. The avatar thing, supposedly they, they're, the plan is that we go into like a, there's like the transhuman thing and then the, the, you know, robot body. And then there's like the hologram mm. body, you know, like somehow moving our, they think that they can find our mind and our brain and then, and then digitize our brain's contents. Not even like, it's not even like taking your physical brain out of your body and putting it into a machine. It's actually 
taking your brain's information signals and things and then moving and digitizing it and then having a digital replica of your brain. There's a, a human brain project. I mentioned that in my book too, mm-hmm. is all, that's what they're doing. They're creating like a, a twin of your brain. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and they want to then like move that into a machine and like make a doppelganger of you. <laughs> that's right well so Uh, it's it's so matrix like isn't it or or even that movie you know surrogates with bruce willis where they're you're you're at home in that pod thing and it's your avatar that's living and doing life for you you know what i mean like oh who wants that i don't know who would want this it drives me crazy why why would you you want this (laughs) it's people who are extremely disabled that's the problem we're seeing like and people are more and more disabled because of medicine because of diet because of the environment and because of vaccines and especially the recent one because there's so many amputees i mean multiple amputees imagine you took the shot and yeah i've heard people talking about this like have you noticed all the amputees around what's going on i'm like Personally, Blood I haven't, but I, I, yeah, guys that I know about posting up in groups going, yeah, man, like I'm seeing them everywhere. Going in the shops, there's more amputees than I've seen ever before in my life. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, I'll, I'll try and be more mindful of that. That's crazy. You're right, yeah, because well, they're getting is, clots and mm-hmm. things, and yeah, you're right. Well, this is the problem reaction solution model mm-hmm. that they always present to us. Mm-hmm. So so we'll originally, we're, we're usually resistant to these things because like our true natures are, you know, know better and we know what's really good for us. And we don't really like want to sign up for that willingly. So they create a problem like, um, yeah, so they give the vaccine. Then there's this problem of amputees. And then they offer, and then the reaction, of course, is like, oh, my God, I have no arms or legs left. Like, I don't want to live. You know, what's life now? Well, mm-hmm. the solution is you don't have to live in your body. You can live in an avatar. You can like experience life differently and you don't have, you know, this is what's why people are more and more drawn to living online in games and that because their bodies have suffered, you know, I mean, which came first in some cases, the addiction to the game came first, then their bodies deteriorated. And then that's just more enticing to be, you know, virtual travel, virtual everything, Sims, game, you know, whatever, because that's better than your real life because your body's in a lot of pain and you're disabled and you're immobile. So. Crazy, crazy to think that that's the, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I like that you lay it out so succinctly because that's exactly where, where we're at, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's crazy scary, to be honest. Um, but anyway, let's let's head over to the book now. So once again, uh for the listeners out there, uh, a link will be, of course, in the show notes as well to grab a copy. Um, you've got digital versions of this available too, don't you? Yeah, I have a Kindle so far, and I'm going to hopefully have an EPUB. Um, I'm yeah, also okay. working on everything's on Amazon right now, but I'm working on having it on Barnes and Noble. They're t- they're really slow. They messed up the proof, and it's just been like very slow timeline which is <laughs> so ridiculous when you think of it, it's a company this big you know what i mean yeah like, you're trying to on. publish it's like if i had yeah. decided only to go there it, i would it would take me another month it's taking like months to do this do this yeah, process so yeah um anyway once again uh shots fired is the book folks so make sure you um definitely grab a copy of this one um it's 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 reading that you won't want to stop. You know, you can't put it down. You'll just you'll oh just another chapter. Just just another chapter before I go to bed. Just another chapter. <laughs> you just you just keep reading. It's because <laughs> you because we've lived it. You know we're living this right now, and it's like going back in time and going oh that's right they did this oh they did that oh I remember this. You know it's uh, 
kind of fun that way in a sense, but not really, you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, so, um, but the, the chapters that really sort of interest me the most, I think people kind of, it's going to help to get wrap their head around it is, um, wasn't chapter three, sorry, it was chapters four, five, and seven was the ones that were, um, I sort of wanted to kind of more focus on with questions for this particular interview because there's some really good hooks in those um, in those chapters there. Little, and we've we mentioned this before. We've talked about this before on the show a few times, um, but it really helps to further entrench the understanding when you cover things in chapter four, such as the germ theory and the viral paradigm. You know what I mean? The, these are so to, just uh, scanning down these. You got the viral paradigm, another sham. Viruses do not exist. Uh, germ theory and Pasteur versus Beauchamp, animal culling and active war, antibodies, anyone, and PCR as well. That's all in chapter four. Key points, key topics there, and we'll go through a few of those. We'll get you to just sort of give us the abridged version of some of that in a moment. But then chapter five, we move on to what really makes us sick. Um, and that just simply reminds me of the book, you know, What Really Makes Us Ill by um, Dawn Lester and David Parker. We, we've had them on the show before as well. Um, and it's key information. You, you really need to understand this stuff in order to get your head around it. Um, disease, conditions, cause disease. Uh, German new medicine, resonance. That's, uh, that was very interesting to me. Uh, imbalanced bodies, the latrogenic effects. So these are things I wanted to learn more about today with you. Aerosol scientists and hairspray. The backwardness of masking. I love, that's a really good one to try and bring up to the mask the mask holes you see around you still wearing them here in brisbane sunny queensland as well where we are but they still wear them um and then chapter seven we'll just fast forward to that one as well we'll be we'll go through a little bit about the trojan horse and the four horses of the apocalypse a new jab for a new generation which covers operation warp speed uh the fda emergency youth authorization which we also went through here in australia as well so it's very much a similar situation crimes against humanity nuremberg violations uh, mrna drugs the software of life peg lnps trojan horses and remote controlled zombies that's a good one to finish on there for the show so okay. let's head <laughs> back see what we can do <laughs> okay. yeah yeah so when we, we don't have to go through every little single bit but yeah. if you need to skip some of those that's fine but yeah let's um we'll start off with um chapter four there just uh, if we can mm. just sort of walk us through a little bit about that the viral paradigm and other sham viruses do not exist and we have mentioned this on the show before so yeah it's interesting very interesting stuff yeah, the way I see it, um, this is basically like a cult, and there are these tenets, and they build on the, on each each one builds on the other. You know, there's this doctrine, and really, doctors are indoctrinated. I, I quote it myself as a kind of joke. I say, do, um, indoctrinated doctors doctor and indoctrinate. Um, <laughs> but anyway, wait, 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 indoctrinated, say, say indo indoctrinated doctors doctor and indoctrinate. Nice. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. So, so they're indoctrinated and then they doctor us and then they yep. indoctrinate us. And so right. what it is, is, and I, and I want to emphasize that I don't think um, doctors are inherently bad people. A lot of them are really good and well-meaning um, people. They at least start that way. You know, mm -hmm. it's a very um, corrupting kind of system. It's um, I think causes people to disengage from their empathy you know, and that, and that comes down to the pharmaceutical company, though, running right alongside it as a parallel right. system, isn't it? Because that's where the money comes from. That's where the, you know, where they grease the wheels of, of doctors, basically. I mean, you, you got to think to people like when they were a kid and they are playing doctor with their siblings and stuff, you know, and they, they grow up thinking, oh, I want to help people. You know, they might 
do a first aid course and think, oh, this was fun. I could do more with this. And before you know it, they're going into medical school. And then all of a sudden, they're all they're doing is learning how to write a prescription pad. <laughs> yes. And a lot of doctors who wake up to that fact all say that. The ones who mm. sort of leave, at least leave like their so-called allopathic practices and they kind of speak out and they say, you know, they thought they were going to help people and they realize mm. there's just pharmaceutical reps coming and saying, we got this new drug, you got to push on people you know, mm. this is how, what you're supposed to use it for. And then they'd see their patients getting sicker and dying from these drugs, you know. And and some just were like, I can't do this anymore because I'm killing people. We're killing people. But that's okay as long as you practice the so-called standard of medicine, which is like the gold standard. Like they're, you know, as long as it's standard stuff, like that's, um, you know, been institutionalized and, and, and it's approved of by the higher-ups and there's definitely a hierarchy then you won't get malpractice lawsuit, but it doesn't matter if your patient lives or dies and you actually killed your patient with these drugs. You know, if you don't use the drugs according to like how you're told you're supposed to, then you can be sued. Even if you saved your patient's life, then you're sued, then you lose your license. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's very backwards. It's tra a trap. It entraps people into a system where they're forced to behave like this and they're forced to do things that aren't don't make any sense they're not logical and they're harm ultimately harmful to the patients so they run through they're just it's like a military organization as well i see it as like a cult like a religion and a military organization the power structure within it and mm -hmm. so you've got these like compartmentalized you know um you know, people doing like one kind of thing and they don't understand the whole picture and the whole body and like they don't see it holistically. So they're trained, specialized to do one thing. And yeah. so when you go to a hospital with some kind of complaint, they, they have to run through all the specialists and all the things that each one of them do, regardless of like, irregardless of how that then it's a snowball thing. Like the one thing leads to the need for the other, for the need for the other, need for the other, huge expenses, you know, your life savings, your mortgage on your house, whatever. And then if you're lucky, you can leave the hospital alive. Um, you know, not so lucky in a body bag and maybe mm. even like worse, living your life in a very disabled, dependent state, you know, in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, so this is what the system does. But my yeah. So my point is that there's these tenants and there's these these precepts and they're built upon each other. And, and a key component of all this is germ theory. Um, without germ theory, and this is why like, I cannot write a book about vaccines and nobody should without addressing this because otherwise you're going to argue, because this is why, what vaccine theory and everything is founded upon. If you yeah. don't believe in germ theory, then you're not going to believe in vaccines. And that's what's important here. And it is belief. And these are all theories. You know, these are not, there's none of this is real science. Um, it's all very much fraudulent. It's not, there's no controls used. And this is why I try to expose that this is all like based on beliefs. And this is what happens with the people engaged in the research. Like they believe certain things and they haven't themselves researched it because they haven't had time when they go through this grueling medical school thing where they don't sleep and literally, you know, and mm. um, they're on, they're addicted to drugs themselves in a lot of cases to keep going. They've got their yeah, golden they make them do long hours and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And they, and they got their golden handcuffs. It's called where they have massive debts up to like half a million dollars for med school that they better mm. do well and get a good paying job to be able to pay off that, those debts. So you yeah. can't kind of rock the boat in that situation and you can't really question things. And you have to just focus on your specialization. 
And so what happens is like, you don't, you assume that the other people figured things out, that they found the germs, that they, that the virologists are doing their work correctly and that they sequence isolated viruses, isolated them. And so, so everybody working on anything related to that assumes those things without having researched it themselves or having delved into that at all. And they don't go into it in detail in med school and in med school, all you're taught is vaccines saved humanity from the, you know, ravages Mm -hmm. of certain diseases like smallpox and polio. And those are lies and they never question vaccine safety. And what's so amazing to me is that vaccines have this, kind of free pass that other drugs don't where like doctors don't question like when you go to a hospital after you had a vaccine like it happens to babies all the time and now happening to adults with these mandates they don't question that they don't even consider that it could be the vaccine like the vaccines are just they're like it's another belief it's like holy communion you know you don't it's you just can't question it so it's never the vaccine it's always something else. So they're always looking for like what it could be, even if they don't find it, they will mm. not question that. And that is not how scientists should behave or doctors should behave ever. Like they'll oh, no. they'll much more quickly say, oh, you had this drug. Oh, maybe we should change that dose or try a different one or do something else because you had a drug reaction. But vaccine, no, you know, never. But mm. yeah, this is all founded upon this belief in germ theory, which was really pushed. And this all is like a sequential thing where one kind of you know again like a foundation of one thing and then built that you know that tenant and then that tenant like rests upon that one and so um all designed to you know like because again if we didn't believe in uh, germ theory and viruses how could they push vaccines on us they would have no reason they couldn't quarantine us you can't even so people otherwise you're arguing for so-called safer vaccines you're arguing yeah. you're even arguing for quarantines and mask wearing and other ways of prevent, you know, these diseases from spreading between people, totally ignoring other, the role of nutrition, you know, starvation and disease, um, living conditions, stress, environment, stress, yeah, Yeah. all the things that actually cause disease, poisoning, poisoning from medicines, from vaccines, chemicals, (laughs) yeah, exactly, right, because if you, if you believe in that viral, viral and germ paradigm, then you are stuck in a self-servicing loop, you can't get out of it. it. You're just trapped in that loop. And to have the realization that these things aren't real, they, they don't cause disease, it's so freeing, isn't it? It frees you yes. up to so many other possibilities of going, okay, what's well, what's really making me ill then? And you, when you take those other things off the table, you take all the medications, everything else that follows with belief in those things, then you actually start to look at your own life and your own situation. You look more closely about what's going on around you. You'll go, oh, what am I eating? Okay, well, let me look at my diet, for example. What am I eating that can be causing? What's what's the ingredients in this highly processed food I'm eating? Oh, shit. You know, I mean, there's so many chemicals in this. Well, maybe I should not eat that stuff. And let's try that. Oh, wow. Now I'm not getting inflammation in my gut. Oh, wow. Now I'm not, I'm not getting, um, you know, like the redness and itchy eyes and all these things that can be caused by other chemicals and foods and things. And then, then you start going, well, what, what am I drinking? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't drink all this high fructose corn syrup in my soft drinks or, um, you know, here it's mainly just sugar or aspartame, you know, artificially sweetened things. And, you know, maybe I should just drink clean. Maybe I should just drink water. And then you go, what's in my water? Yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, there's fluoride and and so many chemicals in my water. Maybe I should start filtering my water or at least buy bottled spring water or something, you know, and 
before you know it, you're drinking clean water, you're eating cleaner, you know, better food, healthy food, more wholesome food, you know. Um, stop. And basically, you start to do the opposite of everything they tell you is right, you know. And when you start doing that, you start going, well, I'm not getting as sick as much as I used to doing the opposite of what they were saying Who's when they're trying to you know, keep me healthy and they're not, you know. It's like that flipping the food pyramid on its head in a sense, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I wanted to just touch back on just for this for the listeners. Um, Kim, if you can dive just a little bit deeper before we move on to the next chapter, if you could dive in a little bit deeper for me on the germ theory and the Pasteur versus Bouchamp thing, because that's yeah. that's really interesting. That's a good history there for people to get wrap their head around. If you can enlighten okay. us a bit about that, if you can remember. Yeah, Pasteur Louis Pasteur was like a favor uh, favored. Um, you know, he was a chemist. He he didn't really have the qualifications at all that. His uh, contemporary and what turned out to be rival, Antoine Béchamp, and these are Frenchmen, um, you know, had, he was not just a chemist, he was like, uh, you know, long list of different achievements uh, with science and medicine. And, um, you know, so he just has this like huge resume and Pasteur is just like not even a very good chemist. And he also, was have the, you know, as a chemist, everything he has this like mechanistic view of everything, and but he also was just like pushed. He was used. I think of him as a kind of tool or something, you know, because it was like, it was really Napoleon's court, uh, Napoleon the Second, you know, who favored him and kind of brought him and germ theory into the limelight, so to speak, and so. And kind of push. So Bechamp like was studying using microscopes. He was actually using like a dark field microscope and studying like live blood samples. Um, so the closest thing we have to sort of studying like what's inside our bodies as they're still living and what you know that we can get. And what mm-hmm. he discovered, which is really interesting, was that and so important um, is that he called it microsoma. Um, it's like a something, just let's just say a microorganism that mm-hmm. shape-shifted and, and actually changed into every known bacterium and fungi that the fungus that they knew of at the yeast, you know, whatever at the time. Like like a Prometheus um, of of a of a organism, the, the, like the first <laughs> the first form of microorganism life of bacteria. It was able to morph into whatever it wanted to, in a sense. Yeah, he said we're full of these. Wow. And they change. So, so like we think of ourselves, like, well, we have certain kinds of bacteria and they're fixed. And that's what medical science today still believes. Like if you've got, you know, candida yeast, it's just fixed as candida yeast. It didn't come from something. It doesn't change into something else. But what he saw was that this is constantly changing and it changes dependent on the environment. So if you starve, you know, the tissues, um, and the sample, then these things morph and change into like, you know, maybe what we would consider pathogenic bacteria, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you write the environment and feed it again and nurture it, it'll go back to like what we consider healthy, you know, good stuff. So the presence of, the point is, the presence of like certain bacteria or absence of it does not indicate the presence or absence of disease, especially, or or let's say this way, um, it doesn't cause, it's about like what is the cause and what's the effect, right? So the cause mm-hmm. is the poisoning or the starvation. The effect is that these bacteria show up. The bacteria didn't cause the problem. You know, when mm-hmm. you're sick and, and if you find these certain kinds of bacteria in your body, 
it doesn't mean that they caused it. And that's what they jump to, the bacteriologists, the germ theory advocates, I've, right? It's like you have to find the germ that caused it, you know, and then that's yeah. how they understand disease. Right. It's like uh, I've heard the analogy of blaming the firefighters for the fire. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so the fire has started, it's it's there, the firefighters turn up to put out the fire, but then some you come along and go, well, the firefighters caused this fire. You know what I mean? It's like, well, no, no, they're here to try and put the fire out. You know, like it's yeah. that's common sense. And it's the same with these bacteria. They show up because something's not right and they're doing whatever they can to right the wrongs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe you then start producing too many of them and they may have other effects and stuff. But they, they didn't start the problem. The problem began they didn't. before that. Yeah, and they're trying. What's what your body's always trying to do is balance. be healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is to be in a balance. state of homeostasis. Yeah. Homeostasis. Right? That's homeostasis. the one. Yeah, homeostasis. Yeah. Like it wants to be in optimal condition, so it's going to do everything in its power to do that. It's trying to help you. Like the body's not the enemy. These organisms are not the enemy. They are there to help you. They're doing what they can in the circumstances to make things better. And so, you know, this is body's wisdom. It's it's yeah. not the enemy. And that we all they do is see these things as the enemy. We have to eradicate and kill. It's this warring mentality on the body, which is a really, it's a really devastating way to be looking at ourselves and our planet and, our, and everything around us. It's the attitude about all life form. Oh, that's an invasive species. That's a, mm. a bad bug. We need to kill it. You know, so um, not uh, trying to understand how we can live in balance and harmony with ourselves and the world and how we can embrace and love our environment and ourselves, you know, and come from a place of love and support. It's about nurturing and supporting health. That's how you have and sustain health. Trying to kill something is always going to have a ricochet kind of effect where something else gets killed that, you know, Again, it's not good and bad bacteria. There's really no such thing as that. There's no pathogen. There's just bacteria, isn't there? There's just, and it's it might be a microsoma that changes into that, changes back. I mean, it's definitely been observed for a long time. Bacteriologists thought that there was something called a bacteriophage that was a, they called it a bacteria eater. They thought it invaded from the outside, came from somewhere out there, came in and started eating bacteria. And they finally acknowledged that it was the bacteria itself was transforming into the, like releasing these spore, a spore form of itself, which was the phage, like the phage, right? The um, mm -hmm. bacteriophage. And that looked like it was consuming the bacteria, but it was just a spore form that would happen in extreme situations, circumstances, again, environmental, you know, like the environment change and they're trying to deal with it. And again, those would disappear, go back to regular bacteria as soon as that was that and condition was corrected. Um, so, so this backwards way of looking at everything like that we're being invaded, we're being attacked, and then you become like a victim. You know, we also then view ourselves as a victim of the environment, victim of these microscopic organisms that are just out there. And it's just not, like, doesn't even make any sense. Why are they out there? Oh, a Chinaman ate a bat at a market, wet market in Wuhan. I mean, are you serious? You know, you're joking. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, make like, sense on the face of it. It doesn't yeah. make sense. And the other problem with this is that there are, according to the same people, you know, trillions of microorganisms in our bodies yet, yet, and they haven't studied them. And they admit we've only studied like 1% of like the gut bacteria. So how do you then, how can you possibly know which ones are bad? 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know which ones are pathogenic, and yet you haven't even studied, like, 99% of them? Like, what if they're, like, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So, and also, we're never going to have, there's always going to be something we can't see. You know, they're trying to go to the smaller and smaller component. Like, oh, now they've got the electron microscope, and we can see more. Therefore, we know it's the virus. So, the virus thing, that's interesting, because mm. viruses just means poisons, Virus means poison in Latin. And I agree that there are poisons. So in that sense, there are viruses and they exist, but not in the sense of like how yeah, they... Yeah, of, of a microscopic organism yeah. that's either alive or not alive. Not and, alive, yeah. actually, not technically <laughs> alive. Um, it's replicant competent or not replicant competent, basically. And this is where, okay, this gets really interesting. And um, so, so viruses are based off of like genetics and genetics, you think about it, that whole theory came into existence just in like the 1950s. So um, it wasn't until the 1930s that we had electron microscopes capable of viewing down to these like, you know, nanometers um, I, that viruses are supposed to be like around 200 nanometers or something or like right. something bigger or smaller. And, and so, um, so before that time they said, okay, what happened was they, they couldn't find bacteria or bacterium that they could blame for the illness in some cases. So they said, well, it must be something smaller that we can't see. And that's what they called virus. Um, it's some kind of poison that's attacking people. We can't see it yet, but one day we'll have this microscope. We'll be able to see it. Then they have the microscope. They finally have it and they still don't see it. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, they make all kinds of excuses for that. I don't know. They just like keep kind of like doing, then they decide to do a different way of virus isolation and not looking at it under the electron microscope. What they look at now, what they show us as as a virus is actually virus particles. And so what that means is it's like genetic material that's part of like a bigger thing that's the genome, but they won't show us the genome. They always just show us a computer model of it. So when we see these like balls with these things coming off of it the spikes you know the spike protein so what yeah uh, yeah. so what a virus is today is is what they define it as because this has changed over time it's important to understand that that changes right um now they say it's a a protein sorry it's either rna or dna encased in a protein shell of some kind and they have different sizes or different characteristics but what that really means then is that somehow this genetic material is causing sickness and it's like able to replicate by the principles of genetics of like um, how DNA replicates. So mRNA mm-hmm. can turn into DNA, DNA can also turn into mRNA, and then like it repeats and, it, and this is how you create cells, you know, allegedly. This is like the smaller particle that creates the cells, it creates the proteins. So it's this kind of creation process that we're told that isn't, um, I didn't really get into this in the book as much. I mean, I, I, I kind of addressed it in passing because I'm still studying this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, like Dr. Tom Cowan is kind of coming, studying this now too. And I think it's going to be like the next kind of hot topic for those of us questioning all these things. But right. but genetics itself, because it's really suspicious that the two, the one of the two people who discovered DNA, his wife had a dream that it looked like a double helix um, before he found it, you know, supposedly. What? I <laughs> yeah. didn't know that. This is true. Like, Francis, well, I'm going to say it wrong, Crick or something, one of these guys. Right. Yeah, so she dreamed it. And then um, 
And the thing is, the actual pictures of DNA don't look anything like this double helix thing. It's another model. It's just another, like, I feel like it's another fairy tale of some kind. Some some mm-hmm. neat little package story about to make it, again, like another, we're always made to believe in these things because they want us to believe in something else that's related to it in order to, for this whole control system, right? Yeah. So, yeah. again, like, found one thing found upon the other. So... DNA. So we had to first believe in genetics in a way like they go together, the virus thing and the genetics, because it's like genetic material and well, genetic material replicates. And so it doesn't have to be living exactly. But, you know, and now there's can be bad genes and bad genes can cause problems. And, you know, so mm-hmm. but we have this and I think it's really interesting that the double helix is like Jacob's ladder. And he also looks like kind of the snakes entwined on each other, which they have these two snakes entwined, you know, For the medical symbol. Uh, Yes, which is like actually the staff of Hermes and mm. and it relates to like poisoning and rather than um and thievery and <laughs> and things and not yeah. like anything healing. Crazy. So, hey? yeah. yeah. Um all hidden in the symbols. It's all in these symbols and I feel like it's just like another symbol and we're kind of seduced and it's another kind of spell casting, like okay. Oh it is, you, because that's that's yeah. that works greatly on humanity. We are very much controlled by symbols and symbology and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, Ethan has also, I think, pretty rich written about that on TOTT News as well. Right. He's done things about this. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, it's you're very much, you're right. It's almost um, like spell casting and all that sort of stuff. Very much old druidic sort of things, mag- magi, magic sort of stuff they used to do. They realize they can control people through these methods. That's right. Yeah. Definitely. And our beliefs, yeah. that's just how powerful our belief is. Mm, you know, mm. it's like just mean anyone has to. All you gotta do is look on YouTube for um, documentaries about logos, like company mm-hmm. corporate logos, and you'll you'll realize it's not it's not just because you know oh it looks pretty or something. There's there are hidden meanings behind every logo ever created. You know what I mean? There are reasons why they make certain colors and things and all that sort of oh, stuff. Yeah. It's very, oh, oh, yeah. Very is... in-depth stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, there's like, uh, was it the Google Chrome has a 666 in it? Yeah, exactly. And the, there's just, <laughs> there's a so lot. So many, of... like the Apple, Apple symbol with the bite taken out of it. Like that's, the you apple. know what I mean? Like, oh, far yeah. out. Right now, um, yeah, right in our faces. Yeah. Um, well, let's. Can we just skip down right. to um, in chapter five, where when we we sort of touched on a bit of this already with the what really makes us sick um, chapter. Um, let's go through. So we 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 did talk about the imbalanced bodies and stuff, and you know your body's trying to get to the homeostasis and create balance and stuff. But just before that part, you've got that um, ch- all of the segment there on resonance. Just just talk us mm-hmm. through that bit a bit because that's very important. I think. Yeah, I think that. Um there is okay what what people get hung up on when you say like germ theory is false and they say well but i was sick and then my partner got sick like so right. how do you explain exactly. that yeah they went through a hell household you know what i mean yeah, I, just, everybody the other day I was talking to one of my clients she's like oh yeah my daughter's sick and oh, i got really sick oh my husband didn't get sick though and i'm going hello <laughs> doesn't that right. make if it's sense? a deadly like, germ like why yeah. is he not sick and you're all sharing germs sick? yeah exactly yeah so yeah this is where um, I do think because the thing is there's there's an also um, we're energy beings there's energy oh, yeah. in the frequency, universe yeah. there's frequencies there's all this influence through frequencies like we influence each other we're influenced by our environment and some of this is just in ways we maybe never will fully understand I mean a lot of it is just semantics like you're trying to understand the mysteries of the world you know. But we have this observable phenomenon of like sometimes it seems like we make each other sick. But again, but it doesn't fit with the germ theory because the germ theory is like the germ 
is evil. It attacks you indiscriminately. You know, if mm. you if you sneeze or cough on somebody, they get it. And like time and again, this has been disproven by testing. Like, okay, well, let's have mm-hmm. the sick people sneeze and cough on the people who aren't, and they don't get sick. And what I've noticed in my own life is that. Okay, we did this test, my partner and I. We were actually, during the height of the pandemic, we were staying at a farm where we actually were um, in touch. There were a lot of people coming as guests, as Airbnb guests. And we're like, we were like, you know, tearing apart germ theory. And we're like, okay, let's drink out of everybody's cups, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, we mm-hmm. were like, that. We, first of all, we were sharing dishes with all these different people coming from all over the world, even from, like, yeah. other countries. And we didn't wash them. We didn't even use hot water we didn't have hot water. We weren't using any disinfectant, anything chemicals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were sharing these things and we were drinking out of people's cups and we never got sick during the the most, you know, virulent, like create deadly right, pandemic right. and like respiratory virus circling around and people are carrying it. <laughs> you should have been wa- in an iron lung. <laughs> I should have been there, right? But we were living a really healthy lifestyle. We weren't stressed out. We weren't, you know, so, and these weren't people that I knew. Like, they might have been sick, and they may have sometimes exhibited. Yeah, like, but when my partner gets sick, it's easy for me to get sick and vice versa because he influences me more than anybody else I know. Right. You know, like, I can't help it. It's like, if he's sad, I'm sad. If I'm happy, he's happy. I'm Like, this is, like, this is what it comes down to. Like, people that you're close to can make you happy, feel happy, or sad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're crying, you cry, right? And like in general, that happens too. Not even like if they're close to you, like I'm the kind of one of those people that I know I'm being manipulated when there's some kind of cheesy thing going on in a movie or commercial, but I still cry because I can't help it. But that's just like triggering that Aww. empathy, right? I know it's like, I know, and I hate it because I'm like, I know this is a manipulation, but I'm going to cry anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I'm, I'm highly empathetic. So yeah, well, our emotions well, create an energy field around us. That's right. And people resonate from that. Exactly. Yeah. So you are, so there's different ways of looking at it. It's like, okay, because that, what I've noticed is, and this can explain why in one household, some people get affected by others because you have people who are closer to each other and living in the same place, you know, emotionally. Mm-hmm. So there's an emotional connection. There's also other things like you share, like you're sharing, um, sometimes sharing stress of, about something. Sometimes you're sharing just an exposure to say like the Wi-Fi or, mm-hmm. you know, um, or like yeah, whatever the environmental conditions the are around you. Eating yeah. or, right. So like, you're sharing other things. So the fact is that we've been blinded to like asking the question, like you said earlier, like what are these other things? And and since we don't ask those questions, we can never get to any real answers because we're so blinded by one germ equals one disease equals one cure, which is the drug mm-hmm. or like quarantines and whatever. So, um, but I also, it's, I just, I know that radiation plays a factor in when um, the only times I've actually been sick in the last few years at all has because been when my partner's traveled I haven't traveled because I'm more electrically sensitive and it's harder yeah. for me but he now realizes he gets affected because he's away from this stuff most of the time and so he feels it but when he goes and visit family he's on the plane chemicals radiation off the charts you know and mm-hmm. then he finds mm-hmm. he doesn't sleep well when he's there in the EMF soup and he's basically wired the whole time he doesn't feel like he can sleep properly then he comes back on a red-eye flight so inevitably every freaking time he gets sick but why should i get sick from him going through that but somehow i get sick too and we know it's not a germ 
because we're always, again, we're exposed to other, other people's germs all the time. We're sick, but we don't get sick when we're just here and he's not traveling mm-hmm. and exposed to that stuff. So to me, like there could be the radiation coming off of him still, the chemicals or whatever that made him sick. Also like being, me being exposed or just that I'm empathizing. Um, so we can't always, I'm not like going to sit here and say, I know the answer hundred percent to this stuff. My point is we should be asking more questions and, yeah. the, and not just blindly it, believing that yeah. it's the modern medicine is the right thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we need to detox. Maybe it is a signaling thing. That's another theory. Like that resonance, that communication between us, that the invisible communication between our energy fields is saying like, hey, like like it's okay, this is really interesting. So I've been doing this tour guiding and there I and I take people through the redwoods. You know, we go nice. on the river and then we go through the redwoods and the redwoods trees um, are kind of in one way, they're all one organism because they look like separate trees, but they share root systems and they've done mm. experiments where they've been able, they don't have a tap root and they're not separate that way. And so they actually have very shallow root systems for these 300 something feet, you know, foot high trees. Right, right. And like, and the reason that the root systems work at a shallow level is that they're intertwined. And so it becomes this base support like of roots mat. everywhere. Yeah. It's just this mm. big grid and they have, it's a horrible experiment, but this demonstrated one point. They actually injected like trees with radioactive dye. <laughs> like, yeah, Gross. I know. But they found that same dye in the other trees. So the trees are wow. communicating through the roots and they share, they seem to share nutrients, share information. And so what happens is, and I think this has been seen in other forests, like they'll, 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 if there's a threat, they'll, all kind of come together they'll communicate a threat and they'll help each other they'll do something in their their systems to combat it so redwoods for example have like high tannin content which keeps like them from being destroyed by termites and things like that so they can actually like change themselves to adapt to the environment if there's something really different in the environment and we can do that too and we are also connected energetically and we could see ourselves as sort of like you know, like in a tree, a family of trees, like in our individual, in our groups where um, it's like one tree is like, uh oh, threat, you know, and like starts to do something to combat it. And then you can, that communicates to you and your body to do the same thing. Because really that this, these processes are just like a detox as well. You know, so when you're sneezing and everything, you're trying to eliminate, not just like eliminate a germ, but you're cleansing you know, and these can be toxins, they can be, um, you know, chemicals, and even just adjusting, like, to radiation and trying to, like, release that poison from your body. So it's not bad to be sick. Like, that's another problem. We see, like, sickness is bad. We have to stop it. In most cases, we need to actually let it run its course and support the body while that's happening, rather than trying to stop it from happening. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but that was that kind of other. The other thing I wanted to talk about was the latrogenic effect as well. I, is that something we've already spoken about, or is that something? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I've talked about it a little bit on other shows. I don't remember if we have. Um, I don't yeah. think we have, and I'm not familiar with the term. So, what? Well, me about this one. Normally, it means death by. Oh, is it, oh sorry. Is okay. it iatrogenic? Sorry, I thought that was an L. <laughs> <laughs> oh, iatrogenic. Yeah, iatro- okay. iatrogenic. Um, iatrogenic. So it's like it's like basically the medical system or doctors are the ones that cause the illness and death. <laughs> so, um, 
So you could say like death by doctor, but also there's something called like cultural and social iatrogenesis where um, like the effects of the culture and social effects can wear you down and make you sick. So it's kind of like this relentless, it's like, okay, things, factors like- Jesus, um, like being exposed to social media for too long, that'll make social you sick media. in the head. Oh, right. <laughs> effect. Yeah. So it's like kind of like psychological warfare, but it's more than that because it's things like job loss, you know. Um, I mean, if we really look at statistics and actual ones and not fake ones, and maybe even some of the fake ones, but they all kind of point to um, what really killed and harmed people during the lockdowns was not um, a virus or even the pretend virus or even people getting sick from radiation and, and getting sick from hospital protocols. It was people getting sick because they they didn't have any hope anymore because they their jobs were taken from them. Sometimes like something that they worked for their whole lives, a uh, business they built themselves. Yeah, taken away. You know, um, taken away. Uh, maybe you're facing oh, you starvation. Imagine or, the stress yeah. that that puts on people and families. Like I was lucky because my business was completely unaffected during that all that nonsense I, I just went about my life as per usual and ignored everything even the lockdowns and everything else they said i'll just i just went to work every day <laughs> just ignored it all and i was fine yeah. you know never didn't even lose a client you know so um well, I was more people had it, if more people had ignored it then they wouldn't have had to face their businesses being right. closed and things right. you know that's what's crazy like mass non-compliance was needed but yeah, what I'm saying though, you're right, is that that the amount of of um, stress they put on on families and, and individuals and people, no, like no wonder they were getting ill and sick and not coping, because stress is one of the main precursors for disease, isn't it? Well, right. And what happened too is like, okay, so things go like you go from like despair to drug abuse, alcohol mm, abuse, mm, domestic mm. violence. So yeah. all those things increased like enormously. Oh, big time. Yeah. Enormously. So you had these like, okay, the hospitals were actually empty of like COVID patients. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. were full of. Provable. Yeah. They were full of like suicide, you know, people trying have, you know, failed suicide attempts or yeah. self-harm yeah. of some kind, domestic violence issues, mm, um, mm. opiate addiction, you know, overdoses. And all the COVID wards were empty. <laughs> Yeah, people dying mm. of overdose, drug overdose. Yeah. So this is what we could call like a social or cultural iatrogenesis, which is something that is killing people because of that. I mean, because of, and it's like, yeah, just who wants to live? I mean, after a while, you're worn down so much, you don't want to live. You know, you don't see hope. Yeah. You yeah. don't see, even if you believe, whether yeah. or not yeah. you believe in the narrative, because on the one hand, if you believe in it, you're in despair over these viruses that are killing everybody and you can never do anything about it to get away from it. And you're also right. in despair over losing your job because of it. And then you've got, even if you didn't buy into it, the fact that you're still losing your job or you can't get a job because they're mandating vaccines. You don't have friends anymore because the, the, the vision that was created between everybody because you're daring to question this and they're not and they see you as a threat because of germs. You know, so, I mean, huge, this has been enormously impactful to everybody, everybody, whether or not you actually lost your job and starved, you know, like you've lost friends, you've lost family, you felt mm. alone, you know, people have been kept from being together um, willing, sometimes willingly, people have done this to themselves. Yeah. Isolation, yeah, isolating people. That's isolation. right. Goodness yeah. me, 
at the time when we needed each other most, they kept us apart. And they, well, they they tried to keep us apart, but a lot of us didn't fall for that nonsense. But so many people did. Yeah, yeah. but so um, it's just um, this is like yeah. put put on us from other forces externally, which is really um, you know, and we know who <laughs> the late the uh, WEF club, you know. Um, mm, mm the billionaire club and all these, you know, who think that we're, there's too many proletarians on the planet right now. And like, we're out of hand and, you know, need to be reined in. And, um, yeah. yeah. That's a, that's so, a um, 1984 term, isn't it? The proletarians. Yeah. Well, we are definitely becoming, that's what they, I mean, if we aren't already, that's what we are, will become. <laughs> that's in, the in goal for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's touch on. Uh, let's. We're about an hour, just over an hour into the show now, so we'll we'll touch on chapter seven now. Um, just skipping forward a little bit, the Trojan horse and the four horses of the apocalypse—a new jab for a new generation. You know, and this all kind of started in the U.S. with and people. You know, it was the um, the they they put their puppet leader up there with Trump, and they, he was going to save us all, blah blah blah. And then he goes and kicks on with Operation Warp Speed. You know what I mean? And rolls out you know gives them permission to basically roll out these jabs under these fda emergency youth authorization emergency use authorizations and um yeah sort of just that that was the beginning of part of the downfall wasn't it yeah and i i have to say i know some people i have friends that are trump supporters but i mean i love i think i love a lot of trump supporters because they're still more than anybody else like the ones questioning but they haven't they've been indeed i think yeah, you know, I mean, because yeah. they don't see that, like, he's just a controlled player in this, too. Unfortunately, so. You're theater. right. Yeah. yeah. It's theater. I know, I agree. You know, it's, yeah, it's like he's not, he never was going to save us. He's still not going to. It's a lot of hot air or, you know, trumpet noise. <laughs> um, yeah. Trumpeting. I mean, look, but, some things might change for the better, and he's probably, what's the old saying? The um, the lesser of lesser. however many demons, you know, but um, yeah, he's still a demon. Still a demon. Yeah, lesser of too well, many evils, but still an evil I, my, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. My question is, why are we choosing between two evils? hundred like, percent. Why are we exactly. in that position? Why is that acceptable? Like, yeah, I'd how rather is that not, the current I'm paradigm? Exactly. I'm not yeah. going to choose if it's two evils. Then I don't choose. Yeah. I don't vote. I, I'm, I'm I've sorry, heard, but um, I think, yeah. I've heard the, the possible hope that might happen for you guys over there is if that um, Marjorie Taylor Greene gets um, gets a run. Mm, Apparently, she's doing a lot of work with um, trying to find you know where all the bodies are buried, so to speak. But um, and she's doing a lot of digging and causing a lot of problems for people over there. So mm-hmm. hopefully, she gets a run. Yeah, we'll anyway. see. I mean, the, the cynic in me um, sees that the best the people that were ever trying to change the system were assassinated. So correct. Well, that's right. So if, if, if it ever get, comes about, if they they'll, get they'll in and they hole. do something, then they're just taken out again. Yeah, so exactly. this is what we're so, the kind of level corruption we're dealing with is and like very powerful players behind it's the scenes. The system itself that needs to end, not the people in the system. That's right. It's the system itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, and then yeah, this this saw the onslaught of the this new technology. No one ever it did not enter the zeitgeist, which was mRNA drugs, until we we had you know the 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 COVID scam began because no one. I never heard of mRNA vaccines or drugs prior to COVID, you know, um, yeah. but all of a sudden now that's all they're talking about. They're building factories here in, in, in my own country here in Australia to roll out mRNA technology vaccines and stuff. It's crazy. Um, yeah. 
It's amazing yeah. that it's amazing. Talk us through the last few bits of this of this chapter. Yeah. Because we then we because we end on a really good one, the remote controlled zombies. And I want to yeah. touch on that right now, but let's let's work our way towards okay. it for the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think it's just amazing that um with all the controversy and all the history of mRNA drugs and the fact that they've only been able to get, for the most part, you know, this emergency use authorization, not even full, not even from the corrupt entities like the FDA, you know, mm -hmm. they're not even able to get it from them because all the animal trials they had, they had all died, especially with multiple dosing, you know, so 10 years at least Moderna was like developing these drugs and they, they finally like kind of, decided and all for all kinds of things and they decided well let's maybe we'll do vaccines because typically you get fewer doses because what they really saw a problem with was this multiple dosing was when they had like more adverse reactions and deaths um but of course we saw that they didn't um i guess maybe intentionally you know knowing that multiple doses is going to create more harm they gave multiple doses very quickly, you know, um, two weeks apart first and then like a few months later and then a few months later. And now we're like just in. Yeah, now they. But what's interesting to me is just like because of the, the propaganda and the all the press and everything like dominating the narrative and dominating the voices that are dominating out there. They're not based on fact. They're just the loudest. And they're like success success see like the vaccines worked and we're doing so we're just gonna do them for everything because because you know why we can develop it so quickly there's all these advantages over traditional always, that's what it was about it was, wasn't it? it was about the speed wasn't it because they can get more money more quickly they can make them faster because um it's like a software program and they just kind of right, tweak it every right. time right and and so you can do it for anything and it doesn't have to have like cold storage and it doesn't have animal components so you can ship it internationally without the worrying about the animal laws and what's in them and mm -hmm. oh great like you know perfect and now it's like this brainwashing of that we're just machines. And I mean, we've been dealing with this kind of talk and language for a long time, but now we're computerized machines. Like, like, you know, the human body is being seen in this mechanistic view by our controllers. I mean, that's been pushed on us to get us to think of ourselves that way. And that's what, you know, Pasteur was backing and so many others was like, oh, you're just like a machine or, or like, you know, or you're a sack of chemicals. It was like, you're a sack of chemicals and then you're like a machine. It's always like the human machine and you just have these parts and we'll take one part out and we'll replace it with another when it's bad and now it's that we're computers and we have software so they're using like you know these terms that we're more familiar with now now that everybody has a personal computer and we understand software and so it's like almost in a way that that's what's familiar so let's just like based on that and that that's something they can understand but it's just another way of looking like presenting us to ourselves as machines you know, and nothing more than that, nothing better or greater than that. So they come right out and say the software of life, like we're just, this is what this new vaccines are like. It's like, and they're talking about updating you. Like you're up, mm. getting, you're not getting boosters anymore. You're getting updated. So you're updating your software. And that's assuming that the scientists know really, well, it's just like great, like amazing programmers. Like they're really smart and they know what they're doing. So don't worry you know, they're just, they're going to keep tweaking it until it's better and better. So keep getting your updates. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it hilarious though? Look at, look at who's one of the, the main characters that we all know, old Billy Gates behind all this stuff. And where did he get his starting? Starting out in software engineering and everything else. And now he's funding all of these big you know, corporations and the World Health Organization in order, in order to get us to this point. Like what you said, that's just the mindset, isn't it? 
constant what happens when you had a windows program it's constant updates updates for this updates for that and of course now the, all the other programs do it too but it's always been getting updates making it better and stuff while it's while you've already got yeah. it and now it's all about that it's the same thing exactly right injecting us with the updates you know <laughs> far out well, what's even funnier about that um is that bill gates that his programs were full of viruses <laughs> <laughs> You know, the windows so. were like, what? they still are. They're very fault like inherently oh, get these viruses. The irony. The irony. The irony. Oh, my God. And that's, to me, that's the only real virus is on the computer. You know, not the only real threat to Correct. us is like computer viruses. So, mm -hmm. um, so he had the, then he had to get antiviral software for the computer. So now we're having antiviral software for people. Mm -hmm. Um, so exactly the same. I remember <laughs> just, a, just a quick segue. I remember having a, my brother had a computer back in the, it was like you know, when we were sort of in our twenties and, um, he had this pre, he had like the Norton antivirus and Norton, all this sort of stuff for his, for his Microsoft computer. Right. And, um, it, what, this Norton program, it had this thing called crash guard, you know, it would prevent your computer from crashing, you know, cause that used to happen a lot, you know, and this program would run in the background. And then mm -hmm. one day I'm sitting there looking at it. Yeah, we're sort of we were playing a game on his computer and stuff. And then all of a sudden it crashed, and it pops up in the corner. This Norton Crash Guard has identified a crash caused by Norton Crash Guard. <laughs> I just oh, I lost no. my shit. I went. I went. You bought. Wow. You bought this. You used money to pay for this program, and look what it's doing. I said, That's "Get amazing. rid of it, mate. This is ridiculous." That's so funny. <laughs> That's so much like what's happening now. The I vaccine's know. causing the problem. You know, exactly. like That's what I think about and, every time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> you got a virus, but it was from the vaccine. It wasn't from anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what they're telling us. They're calling it a virus, but right. Yeah. Um, so po again, poison, right? I still think, well, yeah, viruses, poisons, right? That's what they're really telling us is they're poisoning us. And this is the truth. Um, and I think the Trojan horse part of this is like, okay, so there's something called a LNP, and this is lipid nanoparticle. And they gotcha. are made of petroleum. So we're just going back again to the early days of allopathic medicine and using petroleum pro products, which we're still doing. And that was like um, Bill uh, Rockefeller, they called him Devil Bill, Big Bill, you know, was actually mm -hmm. like a snake sale oil salesman. Like he developed a cancer Selling cure. A cancer cure, yeah. Uh, from, made of like, oil, um, like from petroleum. Petroleum, just, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, his son goes into like, you know, start standard oil and they're all in the petroleum business. And um, so here we are again. We've got these like so lipids are fats, but it's really coming from petroleum. So these are synthetic, mm -hmm. you know, synthesized fats. They're not natural. They're not they shouldn't be in your body. They shouldn't be injected into your body. And they're nano sized and they're supposed to be. They're just allegedly um, placed into the vaccines in order to contain the mRNA, you know, in like protect it. And then the mRNA is going to be released and this is synthetic as well. And it's going to tell your genes, you know, your cells what to do and to make these, these pretend spike proteins so that when you get the real exposure to the real one, you'll know what to do about it, which is all insane and ridiculous. And the antibody thing, I mean, that was in chapter four too. It's like, antibodies are actually just a way of your body dealing with poisoning like actually it's like it what it does is it seals off like broken cells that open up it like sort of glues them back together um so really it's the presence and absence of those are depending on what the doctors want how they want to um 
you know, what kind of, okay, so if they want to say that you have um, immunity because of a vaccine and they see antibodies, they'll say, oh, great, it worked, the vaccine worked. But if they want to test you for a virus and say that you're infected or you're spreading it and you, they find antibodies, they say you're infected. So they have it kind of both ways. At least either it offers you immunity or you're contagious, depending on how they want to play it politically. So that none of that makes any sense. And also they've never proved, just like with germs, that the presence or absence of antibodies really equates to presence or absence of disease anyway, because there's always like just it never like is a consistent thing. So they don't really understand that still. But these um, lipid nanoparticles supposedly are, I'm saying supposedly, allegedly, because I don't really know, again, when you get into this mRNA and DNA thing, what do they really mean? Um, we're not, we don't, can't really know that. Um, we have to trust them, and I don't trust them. <laughs> so sometimes I think, well, they want us to believe that they can so-called genetically modify us. And in a way, that's like another psyop because then it's like, oh no, we've been modified, and it's too late, and now we're not really humans anymore. So they do it to yeah. food, though, don't they? Well, do they? Well, do well, that's what? Well, that's what I'm asking. Do they though? Well, I, mean, I think they the impression that they foods. do. I don't see what I think with GMOs. It just just means it's a lot more pesticides in them, or maybe it's the same amount of pesticides as other foods. And what I see here is that, okay, so pesticides are poison. And, you know, so they're basically, because allegedly when they genetically modify plants, it's supposed to be so they're resistant to some bug or whatever. And then you don't right. need the pesticides. But what actually really happens is that you need more pesticides. It doesn't work. So whatever yeah. they're doing isn't working. It doesn't make it resistant the way they say. And they still need all the Roundup and everything. So all they're doing is, like, spraying all these plants with Roundup. They don't have any real nutritional value because of that. And they're, po they're full of poisons. So to me... So if you look at genetic modification, you say, okay, um, let's say we used to call it inheritance, right? So you can pass down traits through Correct. like the generations. And so if your mother or even your father both are poisoned, then obviously you're going to be poisoned too, right? Yeah. So the offspring, so this could mean um, stunting your growth. This could mean certain deformities, arthritis, whatever. It could also mean um, and maybe you'll be bigger and fatter because of growth hormones in the food. Um, so you, can, you could call that a genetic modification and genetically altered, or you could just say it's an effect of being poisoned. Mm. I mean, how do we really know it? Because we have to believe what they're telling us about how genetics work. And I'm just, I'm just putting it out there that that is maybe not a set in stone thing. Yeah, but okay. we do know that poisons have effects on us, right? And that poisons have long can have long-term effects and can have multi-generational effects. And we see, right. like, we see when you have malnourishment that there's multi-generational effects. You know, we're seeing this already. We're seeing it in our lifetimes that, like, people are sicker and weaker now. Yeah. They're not Even better. A lot more premies, you know, like smaller children yes. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and that's often the outcome of ultrasounds or vaccines yeah. and so we've got a week, we're weaker, but does it mean like we're past the point of no return where they're modifying us and we can't get stronger again? I seem feel like I personally, I think we should doubt it and we should like hold the hope that that's not a permanent thing. Yeah. But what's the time frame? Do you think just, just to segue again, do you think this is a time frame of it's a multi-generational way to, you know, time frame to get back to good health and stuff like to, to breathe the badness out of ourselves and to get back to, um, you know, 
um, yeah. well, homeostasis in be. terms of um, you know proper human growth and all this sort of stuff. Like it, I don't think it's something like well, if I'm if I'm I think I'm healthy, but I might be carrying these things in me. You know what I mean? So how would you even know? I just it's such a yeah. rabbit hole to go down in terms of how do we get back? But I, I have heard some researcher he was saying is this could take nine generations or more to get back it to could. to proper I mean, human health. I believe you know? that, and I think we should try though. Um, but that's I mean, that's also, and that's yeah. only if everything else stops. <laughs> as well, well right. Shannon, you know, everything else yeah. has to stop. Otherwise you're not going to get back. You're just going to keep going. You know what I mean? So it's like every, if everything was reset and every, you know, there was a, you know, everyone in the whole world is, you know, is wiped out from a media or whatever. And we've, and we've only got a few humans left. It's going to take a few generations to get back. And that's, you know, and you think a generation, it can be, you know, what's that, what's a generation 60 years that they say for a human roughly yeah, right. in terms of that. So that's a long time. You know, we're talking. It is. I know it could be hundreds of years and could be 500 years. Yeah, exactly. And the problem is that it's a, wor a more worrying thing might be the sterilization aspects of this. Mm, um, mm. So a lot of these, and um, there's definitely in I hold hope though. Life finds yeah. a way as Dr. Ian Malcolm says life in Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. It so does, that was though, when a female know? produced by like reproduced herself with no male, right? <laughs> 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 But I mean, I just, I do, I, I always think, cause you know, you, I, 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 I just take, for example, like if you look at a barren concrete landscape and you'll always see a small little weed or a grass will find a crack and grow in there. You know what I mean? I just think, well, that's incredible. How, do, how is that sustaining yeah. right there and a hot concrete thing? And it's, but there's life there. It started, you know, it's, mm. it, it'll find a way, it'll find a way to survive. You know what I mean? So. I always hold that. I think that you're right, and we underestimate, you know, because of we the do. natural. Yeah, because ourselves too, we underestimate ourselves in the natural world, 100%. and I think a lot of this is just like if we were just like with that example, if we were left alone, if you like just stop, you know, if you stop pouring concrete and asphalt, like the nature will just come back. It will it come will. back, and it seems Absolutely like it's not will. there, but it comes back, and we can do that too. I think so too. Um, That's right. Yeah. I think if you if you just left us alone for a little while, we would yes. thrive, and I think we would actually do it a lot quicker than what the uh, predictions I are. Think so. I think maybe only a generation or two, and before we know yeah. it, you know, we're pushing all the, right. the 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 evil out of our lives and getting rid of it all, and all of a sudden we are thriving once again. Yeah, for sure. I think so. I've seen it with just I get surprised sometimes, and it, it's really humbling. It's and it's like I find these young people these days that are healthy and that are aware you know and they're like i met a girl who's like i'm not a screen i'm not a screen kid like she wanted i was gonna give her some you know something to look up and she's like i'm she's just like i don't do that and i'm like you're not a screen kid good <laughs> is that a real thing i'm like that's awesome yeah, good she's a beekeeper she's like cool. you know i met her at the river like you know she's just yeah. doing fun stuff like that kids should be doing outside and living her life that way and she, and her, yeah. obviously her parents are aware and i think that you know she's not jabbed and she's like not afraid of germs and she's healthy and smart yeah. and intelligent so yeah it doesn't probably take starts, that much yeah, yeah it starts with a mindset almost you know what i mean just the mindset. Um, well, let's um, we'll, we'll start to wrap it up, but let's push into okay. this um, this topic I wanted to talk about because it had just interested me when I saw the headline, yeah. which was, of course, um, the remote controlled zombie aspect of all of this. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's dive into this a little bit because yeah. you know I mean, I don't, I'm not. Uh, well, let me just. We'll just I'll, I'll leave it yeah. to you. I'll pass it over to you to, to um, just discuss. Yeah, I'm not sure how about. much I can get into it because of the time. Yeah, well, it's, it's that's okay. Like, let's 
It's you a little it, bit. Okay, so a couple of things here. Um, one is the the graphing. Okay, so to me, um, there's this EMF component, and this is where like the early mind control doctors really got into this. You know, like using frequencies to alter our our behaviors, our moods, um, and then but in conjunction with a chip or whatnot. So a lot of these um, things that are found in the vaccines are already being used for, um, you know, like supposedly to cure Parkinson's. But really, that means mind control, because they're saying we can make these people, um, you know, give them these kind of powers they didn't have, or we can basically read their thoughts, or we can down, we can put thoughts into them, we can erase memories, we can implant memories, like this is supposedly available now. Wow. And it's using things like graphene oxide, which has been found in all of these jabs. Um, and uh, the lipid, even the um, hydrogels. So hydrogels are like these polymers, which they can control through electromagnetic fields. Frequencies, yeah. So it's like they can make them move and change the shape and give them commands. Um, and there's videos of this and it's mm. all like, and this is like hydrogel suspended in like a saline solution. So, you know, our bodies are full of that. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, all you're doing is applying an external electromagnetic field and you can make it do things. You can make it pick up something and drop it somewhere else or whatever. So when you have, when you add hydrogels into, so the thing about hydrogels, like that other name for that is really lipid nanoparticle. Um, right, so lip okay. lipids are hydrogels like that really they're talking about the same thing and these were developed by the you know our Department of Defense um, so you've got the DOD involved it sounds so innocuous it in sounds like it's a sports drink or something <laughs> get your hydrogen you know like yeah. <laughs> and yet here we go it's something so harmful <laughs> yeah yeah and so what are they doing in the vaccines? Um, yeah, right. Right. And, what's, and then you add, then you suddenly have the 5G and you want the internet of things and you want these frequencies everywhere. And then you've got people and, full of this technology. You've got them full of graphene oxide, which just reacts with electromagnetic fields and causes harm in the body. And you've got the hydrogels. And so I have a quote in there. There's a, um, there's a professor and it was like in the 1990s said, you know, was talking about hydrogels and basically illustrating um, a time he was predicting that we would be force vaccinated with hydrogels so that we could be remote controlled mm. and be zombies, basically remote controlled zombies. And he said, don't think this is theoretical, think Rwanda. And what he means is that what happened in Rwanda with that just insane civil war massacre, you know, these people going crazy rise, on each rise. other yeah. was this was what they did. They vaccinated them with hydrogels. And then they, that's the experiment was there is what he's saying. So that's crazy. So, I know. Scary. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, insane that, that that's yeah. Like, like they have no control over their own actions and thoughts and stuff. And it's yeah. due to this. Yeah. Wow. Fucking hell. I mean, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's like, you know, this can explain a lot of things and it's not just limited to maybe this technology, but I think interrelated, interrelated technologies where, um, you know, voice to skull and that where, you know, a lot of these shooters and I'm not talking about like fake shooting stuff, but like real shooters who said, you know, they heard voices. A lot of them have said that they, that the voices they heard were robotic, which is really interesting to me. Um, and so you want makes you wonder, but like they were robotic sounding and they heard voices commanding them to do things. Now, of course, um, I still think that like even if you've got this technology in you, if if you could probably override it on um, this, like this is where we got to be 
really vigilant and start really taking care of ourselves, detoxing, but also like avoiding the traps because I think it all works together. Like the person that's going to be controlled is the person who's lost touch with the natural world and other people who's sucked into like the gaming, you know, world and the virtual reality and has just don't, doesn't have that presence. Like we need to have presence in our bodies and be grounded. Otherwise it's like, you're just open to that influence, like the external influence. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's insane. Hey, I, it kind of just reminded me <laughs> of something I saw a little while ago um, with regards to the whole you know, zombie thing and stuff. Uh, do, you, do you remember when Amazon put something about um a zombie apocalypse in their terms and conditions for some of their software or something did you hear about this <laughs> no but i know it's in the cdc um has a has a manual for they do education. they have yeah they do they have that as well yeah, but this, this, um, check this out I, right so okay amazon um they had uh, this software um called lumberyard it was, and it's a games development engine that they use right and it's free to use and linked to amazon web services um, so in clause 5710 in the, of their terms of use and stuff, it says the, the lumberyard materials are not intended for use with life critical or safety critical systems, such as use in operation of medical equipment, automated transportation systems, autonomous vehicles, aircraft or aircraft control, uh, nuclear facilities, manned spacecraft or military use in connection with live combat. And it says, yes, you, you can make drones with it. Amazon's already covered um, that this in uh, some of their other stuff. So like people using this software for all sorts of different things, right? And then it says, there is however an exception. This restriction will not apply in the event of the occurrence certified by the United States Centers for Disease Control or successor body of a widespread viral infection transmitted via bites or contact with bodily fluids that causes human corpses to reanimate and seek to consume living human flesh, blood, <laughs> brain, or nerve tissue, and is likely to result in the fall of organized civilization. <laughs> they put that, so they put wow. that in their terms of use of this software wow. engine to say that they yeah, can't I, use it unless I mean, this happens. Assuming that's a joke, right? <laughs> kind of, but, you know, um, well, you would think so, but hey, you never know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Not as far off, not as fictional as it used to be. Correct. That's what I'm getting at. You know, like we're seeing it because we're seeing people behaving like this. Mm. You know, just not, um, especially the mask wearers who are kind of like they're like slow walking and wearing masks and like sort of like, and they're just not present in their everyday lives. We 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 did talk about this um with one of our more recent shows when you came on for a chat with me back in february we sort of you know we had a bit of fun we talked about matrix glitches and the npc phenomenon all that sort of stuff you know and yeah you're right people they they sort of act like they're in this zombified state but is it because that they've been poisoned with something you know like it makes you wonder hey yeah i mean you know, I when i say a combination and i mean because we know that people can behave that way on drugs you know um when correct, they're under they do, yeah. certain drugs and which yeah, in drugs so, are mean, almost like a poison to the system, though, too. It you know, is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And, oh, I, I have a Matrix uh, thing uh, thing I wanted to share with you, that a glitch or whatever, because I thought <gasps> of you when this happened. I know. Oh, you know, good, good. It. It's just really You'll weird. you to send it to me. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you what happened. Oh, you're going to tell? Okay, yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, Get so um, we have a post. We're you know, rural, and there's a small town in our little post office, and that's where I get mail. And when we were when we were stuck up on the mountain, so it must have been after our show, because I think it was in March that we got the snowstorm, and we were stuck here for three weeks with snow. 
Mm-hmm. And so we couldn't leave until three weeks later. And we go down the first day we're getting out and we're going to the post office and it's like there's this, it's boarded up and there's these weird signs like don't enter and like, you know, what? whatever. And so we asked the, the neighboring uh, shop, like what happened to the post office? He said, oh, well, and we got more details about this later. But what happened was a couple of days before a postal driver, um, you know, fell asleep at the wheel like 4 a.m. Luckily, nobody was there and like actually ran into the building. But the weird thing about that is that, okay, it's this long stretch of high, like it's a highway, mm-hmm. although it's like, a, you know, just a two lane thing and it's rural and and it's like he was actually not destined for our post office, but one three hours down the road still. And somehow out of all this empty space and everything, like while he was asleep, he ran into our post office. And when you could see where we live and like what that means, like that that would happen, it just doesn't make any, it's just so bizarre. Like, like what are the odds of that sort of thing? The hey? odds of that is like, I don't understand. It makes me wonder about, you know, just, it, it just kind of poses a lot of questions in my mind. Mm. Like, like it's just strange. But that's so weird. Glitch or mind control or somebody having a joke like was he mind controlled and then and like oh we'll run him into a post office won't that be funny i mean like literally he could have there was nothing to hit for so long why did he fall asleep yeah, yeah. first like building <laughs> it just yeah we <laughs> i don't know and it's a that's post good office. yeah i like it that's that's crazy wow. yeah and they still haven't fixed it so we have to get our mail oh no at another place farther away it's really annoying but um Ugh. but nobody got nobody died and like nobody was there so um but anyway it just there was and some I, I can't remember the other thing but that same week somebody said yeah this other really weird thing happened with like a road accident so um strange things yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, i love it it's these odd occurrences and strange things and yeah it's I mean, some things, sometimes random things just happen, you know, but if you, you do sort of start to wonder, like, come on, like, really? It's like <laughs> ironic, and it just seems like somebody's so having ironic. a drink, right? Like, they're doing it. <laughs> like, if they are remote controlling people, they would think that's really funny. Yeah. I, I, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, I mean, we could honestly be, uh, we've really only sort of just scratched the surface with the book, Shannon. Um, but I just, like I said, I wanted to pick out a few sections that really sort of jumped out at me that'll might uh, entice people to uh, dig a little deeper and stuff because it is it's very in-depth um very in-depth book uh, don't be i hope people don't get turned away away just because they see oh my god it's like 800 pages i'm never going to read 800 pages like don't worry about that you don't need to go through all the sources you can check all the sources if you want to listeners but you don't really need to it's not like she's crammed in you know um 15 paragraphs on one page like it's easy reading um you know you've got information there yeah, i think you've even got graphs in a few places where you need it and stuff there's you know some tables and things to understand you know like it's not hard reading folks and it's interesting it's very interesting stuff like all this sort of stuff has come from come out of you and i hope people you know, they enjoy listening to what you've got to say so maybe they'll enjoy listening to what you've got to uh to read as well um but it's it's a good it, it covers everything pretty much it's it's like a you know, like you've documented everything from from the right from the beginning of of medicine almost, you know, and you've gone right until now and where they're going in the future with some of this stuff too. So, um, I think it's important, and I think anyone who's who's curious or sitting on the fence or 
has only just scratched the surface on some of this information and they want more that they can maybe pass on to someone and say, hey, have a look at this. Like, this is what I mean when I talk about viruses aren't real or germs aren't real or, you know, like you need to know about it, you know, and here's the information. It's right here for you. And if you want to go through the sources, they can. Um, I have got the link here up for Amazon in Australia for anyone who's interested in, in grabbing it. Um, if you've got a Kindle, if you if you want the Kindle version, I think it's like twelve bucks. It's pretty cheap for folks, and it's um, it's going to help Shannon greatly if you guys can support her work and grab a copy. If you do want a paperback version, of course they always charge more for the paperback. It's about sixty two bucks for the paperback version. But hey, if you want that sitting on your shelf behind you, she's going to look pretty good, and it's always a good reference to go to if anyone uh, has any questions about these things. So grab a copy of it. Um, also, Wi-Fi Refugee, there's linked at the bottom there. We have, I think I've got links for that on the show we've done before with regards to that book. Um, and of course, uh, when we had a chat to John Hamer, um, you two went in on that book as well with uh, Welcome to the Masquerade, the prelude to the coming reset. So all these books are available. Um, again, links uh, will be in the show notes for everyone. Shannon, anything else you want to uh, wind up with there for the uh, for the end of the show? I really can appreciate your time for today too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I want to say I do try to add a little bit of levity, you know, humor in it. Um, and I've just good. been having some compliments about that. And um, Oh, that's good. So it's a, you know, make it a little bit more of an enjoyable read. Because it does get heavy at times. And, you know, I try to lighten it up. And also just kind of make fun of our controllers. And, you know, because I think we need to, we need to sort of like, um, like see them as smaller than they are in our minds and kind of reduce yes. them. to yes. You know, and let not let them have so much power over us. So and that keep reminds me of why people keep calling them the elite. I hate referring to them as oh, that. I, I like to refer to them as the powers so that shouldn't, shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a little longer. But I mean, they're <laughs> self-proclaimed, you know, um, elite. Yeah. But yeah, well, they're, they're um, elitists. You know what I mean? Elitists. You can refer to them as elitists, not yeah. elite. Because <laughs> we can't put them up on that pedestal. We need to. You're right. We need to bring them down a peg. <laughs> put yeah. them beneath us is what we should be yeah. doing. Because I mean, yeah. scum of the earth is also another thing. We can, <laughs> <you know? laughs> and I concur. Yeah. That is correct. These people <laughs> are absolutely bonkers. If you really look at who they are and what they believe in, oh my goodness, you'll start to realize. Maybe I shouldn't be uh, injecting myself with these things or taking their medicines or doing what they say because yeah. uh, these people are fucking crazy, some of these yeah, people. Yeah, they're pretty much insane. <laughs> they come from crazy families as well, yeah. you know, like you look at their lineage, my goodness. Oh, fuck. Anyway, we, that's another, that's a whole other show if you want to go down that rabbit hole. But, right. mate, um, it's been really great chatting to you again. Um, yeah. I'm glad we, we, we ironed out the kinks and we got there. We were able to punch out a good show. We were... Um, yeah, we're pushing all well, over an hour and a half now, anyway. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, well, I again, we could see you. I'm kind of. I know it's a shame, but I mean, I've been I've been looking at you. You're a beautiful person, Shannon. So thanks okay. again. For, uh, <laughs> yeah, Thank you. Uh, thanks so much. No worries. No worries. All the best. We'll we'll, we'll wrap it up. Right, thanks again. Mmm.